Hello, and thanks for joining us on Inside Maine. This is Angus King, and today we're going to be talking about giving back in Maine, an appropriate topic during the holiday season, talking to people across the state who are working day in and day out on behalf of their fellow citizens. I often have said uh, to people down here in Washington, they say, well, what's so special about Maine? And I say, Maine is really a big, small town with very long streets. Uh, we know each other and we care about each other and we look after each other. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Our first guest is Charlie Martin Barry, who is the director of the Community Caring Collaborative in Washington County. And uh, Charlie, uh, thanks for joining us. And tell us uh, what uh, community caring is all about. Sure. Thank you, Senator King. Really happy to be here this morning. Um, the Community Caring Collaborative is really about creating opportunities for families and individuals in Washington County and in Passamaquoddy communities to be healthy and hopeful and well. And we really do that by trying to solve hard problems here in Washington County through collaboration. And, and we've been doing that work since 2007. By collaboration, who's, who's doing the collaborating? Who do you bring yeah. together? Yeah, so we are a partnership of over 50 organizations, really a lot of nonprofit partners serving down East Maine, tribal partners, public, like state, county, municipal partners as well. Um, so those folks who recognize uh, that solving hard problems isn't going to happen under one agency's roof really do come together uh, to tackle tough issues, like I said, around poverty or, you know, intergenerational trauma or the impacts of substance use disorder or or racism, right? Those are some of the really difficult issues that can have a really lasting impact on children and families and communities. And so we do that work together. 50 different organizations. That's really amazing just around and in Washington County. Do you work with the with the hospitals, with the caregivers? Is that is that part of it as well? Yeah, that's absolutely part of it. So some of those organizations are, you know, they're partners in the the domestic violence and you know partners to the economic development partners right it includes healthcare and it includes social services early childhood um, all the way up to post-secondary education partners it's a really vast group of like you said caring mainers well i, I have to parenthetically mention something and, and this is a secret so don't tell anybody but one of my mary and i's very most favorite places in maine is cops cook bay state park as you know, uh, south of, of Eastport, what a beautiful place. But Washington County is, is such a special place, but it, it's, it's always had difficulty economically. And it sounds like you're trying to deal with all the various issues that fall out from economic hard times. Yeah, that's true. And it's certainly what we're seeing right now. Um, yeah, while Cobbs Cook probably has a lovely landscape right now with a couple inches of fresh fallen snow here down east, it's really a lovely morning. Scarcity is still such a challenging state of being here in Washington County and has been for a long, long time. You, you do work actively with the tribes, with the two thousand yes. body yes. reservations. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but my wife, Mary, used to live in Perry, Maine. Yeah. Uh, and and worked, uh, worked with the Passamaquoddy people at that time. Um, tell me more about, uh, give me an example of a project that you might be working on. Sure. Um, so, you know, one example that we're 
really proud of and has a lot of lot of investment across communities and organizations is Family Futures Down East. That's a that's a program that the Community Caring Collaborative and our partners developed really in response to families who are struggling around the impacts of poverty um, that creates an opportunity for low-income parents to go to school at University of Machias or at Washington County Community College that also supports education and other opportunities for their children at the same time. So that kind of really holistic support of families that brings together multiple organizations who all have something to offer to help make sure the barriers are addressed, the, the, the supports are in place, um, and the opportunity to sort of reach potential <laughs> can be brought to life here. Well, I think the word collaborative is really important because yeah. I remember when I was in Augusta, I was frustrated that we had multiple state agencies, for example, working with the same family. And coordination is something we're always trying to improve. And it sounds like that's your stock and trade. That's what we. That's really what we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'm excited. I, I I don't want to be premature because you you never know down here until things are done. But we just learned today that there may be by the end of the year what's called a lands package, which is a package of bills from across the country that involve parks and recreation and designations of those kinds. And one of them that I put forward that we hope and believe is going to be in this package, if indeed it happens at all, and everything's crazy down here the last week or two, involves creating what's called the Down East Heritage Center, which would recognize the special qualities of Washington County and be a uh, give us some bragging rights and uh, make some contributions to to the economy of Washington County. It's uh, it's certainly I don't want to say it's some kind of panacea, but it's a I think it'll be an important thing. There was a wonderful study done to to justify it, and it looks like uh, we're going to make it if we can uh, cut through all the the end of the year uh, other business that we've got to do. But uh, I just learned this morning that that's on the agenda. Uh, over the next several days. So uh, we'll keep you informed on that. Uh, tell me more about the kind of work that you're doing. And I guess my question is, do you see progress? Have you been involved with projects that you think are really clicking and working and making a difference? I love the work that you're doing in the ways that it focuses on the strengths here in Washington County and strengths we can lift up um, and share with others. I think certainly there's progress in the space of, of, around collaboration, like people are working together and always trying to be a little more coordinated. So some of our work really focuses on resolving some of the financial barriers that community members face, like the really concrete financial needs where, you know, there, there aren't living wages in the household and there isn't a savings account in the household. Like childcare, transportation, health, education. Yes. Housing. Housing, housing, housing. Yeah, very, very challenging space right now, as as you are well aware, that not enough housing, homelessness, you know, imminent, imminent homelessness, heating expenses. These are things where there's not an, there's not enough for so many families to be able to cover those basic needs. And so we work to provide some of those flexible funds to help make sure families who who may not have the financial resources and don't really have another place to turn, like can't turn to family or or neighbors, they, they need to ask for some help, which is hard. We make the HOPE Fund available to those families for, for expenses like car repairs, where if you don't have savings, it's hard to fix a car. 
I don't know what a control arm is, but we replace so many of them on cars in Washington County. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're working to make progress to be a little more coordinated around that work because some of our nonprofit partners also have programs like that where there's some just flexible financial resources for families. But we could be better coordinated in making sure that the application process, the review process, the turnaround time is faster. And because there's lots of trust and transparency across these nonprofit partners, like Down East Community Partners, our Community Action Agency, Maine Seacoast Mission, Healthy Acadia, they have some of those funds. We're working to make progress just to be more coordinated around that, to make the burden a little lighter on families and, and some of those people working on their behalf. Now, we're in the enrollment period for the Affordable Care Act, uh, which, as you recall, was terribly controversial some years ago. Now, it seems to be pretty solidly part of the healthcare landscape. I think we have 100,000 people or more in Maine. Is that, a, is that working in, in Washington County? Are people, is that something that you're engaged in, is getting people health insurance? Um, not as much, uh, but we are we are able to connect people to some of the resources they might need to get that support. So we've developed a program called the Connection Initiative that helps any community member who's seeking access to a resource, like a formal resource, get connected to that resource. So anyone in Washington County who's having trouble in that space could reach out to the Connection Initiative and would get them to the healthcare enrollment so, support. So those are. The connection initiative are what, what we used to call navigators, people to help you through the paperwork and, and yeah. what's available. <laughs> I, I have to ask you, are, is your agency funded by the government, philanthropy? How does that work? Primarily funded through Maine-based foundations who've invested in this model of collaborative work. But some of the work we do is also in partnership with the state of Maine, uh, specifically related to Family Futures Down East. The state has been a really fantastic partner in supporting that education and workforce development program. That's not a sentence you hear every day. The state has been a fantastic partner. Uh, that's, that's, that's a nice thing to hear every now and then. It's a great relationship. And how many people, can you put a number on the number of people served or... Like if it's a feeding program, how many meals, I mean, that kind of thing. Give me a feel for the scope of what you're doing. Yeah, so like the, the HOPE Fund that I was describing, where we help provide for those concrete financial needs, that and a couple of other financial barrier removal programs that we have help about 200 families a year, just within the CCC. Family Futures Down East, we're a partner in that work. They serve about 50 families a year. Um, and that's a growing number of families who participate each year in Family Futures Down East. You know, we're training and providing technical assistance to over a thousand partners who are doing work across the front lines to help support community members each year. So uh, yeah, those are, those are some of the numbers. Always trying to create new programs. We've always got a half a dozen new programs in the works that are in response to you know, community members in need who really know what the solutions are and, and trying to address gaps in services too. Well, Charlie, thank you for what you're doing and, and please convey our thanks to my thanks and I think everyone in Maine's thanks to the folks who are working. You mentioned about a thousand people working on the front lines. I mean, lives are being changed and yes. uh, for the better and and uh, uh, what you're doing is, is so important to our Maine community. So. Uh, thanks again, and I look forward to meeting you in person. And don't hesitate to let 
me know if there are ways that uh, we can be helpful from down here. I'd, I'd love to hear that sentence. The federal government is a great partner. I, <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to get to that point. But uh, again, Charlie, thank you uh, so much for what you're doing. Stay with us on Inside Maine. We're going to keep talking to people across the state who are making a difference in people's lives and caring for all of our citizens. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Inside Maine. Today, we're going to go from York County, or actually, we're going to go from Washington County to York County, where we're going to talk to Vassie Fowler, who's the executive director of an organization called Seeds of Hope. Vassie, tell us about Seeds of Hope. What is it that you're up to down there in Biddeford? Well, Seeds of Hope is a small nonprofit, and we partner with our local community and neighbors to find solutions to poverty and to promote personal growth. Everything we do is geared towards the individual. We don't have a blanket um, way of doing things. We meet people where they're at. We assess what their needs are. And, and although we can't always solve the problem, we are a resource and we help connect the dots for people. So we can help people find housing. We can help people secure SNAP benefits or find that insurance navigator so they can get health care. One of the things that we're working on right today, which is part of my chaos, is we host a holiday Christmas market where family um, family members come and they shop for their children in their lives. So it's not just parents. It, it can be guardians or aunts, uncles, grandparents, and they come into our building and they literally shop for gifts for their children. And we don't have an age limit, so it's, you know, newborn to if you have a 22-year-old, the 22-year-old gets the same amount of gifts as the newborn would. We're super low barrier. Uh, we don't require a lot of paperwork, so that gives us the opportunity to help more people. Um, last year, we served 138 children and gave out over 1,000 new toys and gifts to those families. So... It, it is the most rewarding time of the year for us that in all of the hardships and the struggles that our neighbors face, we are able to inspire them and allow them to have a celebration of the holiday. I also heard something about you being Mrs. Claus in your spare time. Tell me about oh that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think Bonnie's been talking. <laughs> so uh, my husband and I have been the clauses for the city of Biddeford. Um, we retired last year, but prior to that, we were the clauses um, for 10 years. And a few times we went up the um, escape hatch in the fire department and was on the roof and we were brought down with a bucket truck, fire truck. Oh, wow. That was a little harrowing, but if those moments and those memories, who gets to do that? And then yeah. we would go through the town and wave to the children and uh, we would end up in city square and light the Christmas tree. So through my life, um, the holidays have always been really important to me. And I am honored that I get to help other people um, experience that magic. Well, it, and it sounds like what you're doing, not only during the holidays, but year round is exactly what Charlie was saying up in Washington County. It's helping people to find the resources that they need. You're, you, you used connecting the dots. I use the term navigator, but 
But that's an important function because often people just don't know a what's available or two how to how to make it happen. Is that uh, indeed part of what you you're doing? Absolutely. And when Charlie was speaking, I was thinking to myself, that's what we do. One of the interesting things since I've taken this um, position is I recognized a lot of our neighbors don't have identification. Either they've lost it or they never had it to begin with, or they don't even have the $5 to send the DMV to get a copy sent to them. And I thought, how do you survive in society without identification? You can't get housing. You can't get a job. You can't apply for benefits or resources. So one of the key things we've done this year is help our neighbors get identification. So that barrier has been removed and they can take that first step to whatever's next. Well, that's the kind of thing that you wouldn't think about as being a barrier, but it's a very important one as, as, as you point out. Uh, now, do you have, a, do you have a, a feeding program, a meals program of some kind? Is that also part of what you do? Yes. So we are open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., and we offer a heavy continental breakfast. That's what we call it. We do offer soup, and we always have tuna salad or chicken salad so they can make a sandwich or put it on a bagel. Um, we have a variety of cereals, um, breads. We have raisins and oatmeal, fresh fruit occasionally as well. And so uh, neighbors are welcome to come in. They don't have to prove income. They don't have to prove they live in the city of Biddeford. We're just an open door and a safe place, and we try to give them what they need. Well, it also gives them a place to be together with other people. I, I was talking yesterday or the day before yesterday with AARP in Maine. One of the big issues for seniors in Maine is isolation. They don't have human contact. So it sounds like that's also part of what you're providing as well as a, as a square meal. Absolutely. Community is a huge part of what we do. We have neighbors that will come in and have a cup of coffee and sit with ours just to chat with another person. Community fellowship, it's important in the mental scheme of mental health. Who's the turkey lady? I've been known as the turkey lady around town. Uh, years ago, my husband and I owned a restaurant, and um, we would go to this used restaurant equipment place, and it was up on Main Street, and we would drive back and forth, drive back and forth. And on Mondays, there would always be this line out the door of this building, and I I saw it a number of times and I said to my husband, you have to pull over. You have to pull over. I want to see what this is. He's like, are you kidding me? I said, pull over. So I went in and um, introduced myself and the great Kathy Duke, she has passed away since, but she ran Stone Soup Food Pantry. So I went and I asked her what I could do to help her. And she said, we could use some turkeys for Thanksgiving. So I went back to my restaurant and I got my friends involved. And over the years, I've probably donated a thousand turkeys to constituents of the city of Biddeford who need needed a Thanksgiving basket. Well, I also heard you have a key to the city of Biddeford, and it's that kind of service, I suppose, that uh, that made that happen. Let me ask this, Vassy. Uh, we heard Charlie up in Washington County talk about housing. Portland has a huge housing problem. Biddeford has suddenly become a hot place to move and live. Is housing an issue for your neighbors down there? Housing is a ginormous issue. Biddeford is a wonderful place to live. We have gorgeous beaches. We have an up-and-coming, vibrant downtown. We have a robust business center. 
what we don't have is affordable housing. Um, and I believe our vacancy rate is under 2%. And that is unheard of. There just is not housing available um, for our neighbors. It is something that we are working on. There is a, a city has an affordable task force. So it, it is thoughtful. It isn't being ignored, but there just isn't housing available. Workforce housing is, is a big problem. Yeah. One of the things we do, though, is we have an overnight warming shelter for um, our unhoused population. So if the temperature reaches below 20 degrees or there's a storm brewing, we open our doors through the evening and um, neighbors are welcome to come in and be safe and warm. And are there people that take advantage of that uh, that are there? That yes. Come are, in? So we're funded for 60 nights. We partner with the city of Biddeford and we're funded for 60 nights from December to March. Last year, we used 58 of those 60 and we served, I think, 178 people through that those three months of last wow. year. Well, wow, that's that's amazing. That's that's wonderful what you're doing. And this is sort of a broad question. Do you see the problems getting worse, getting better, about the same? What what do you what do you see on the ground are the things we need to be thinking about and working on? I think housing is getting worse, um, especially in our area. We're seeing a, a uptick in gentrification. People are coming in from out of state, buying up property flipping it and renting it for double what they were getting three months ago. And it, it's happening every day. There are days that we get 40 phone calls about housing. Wow, that's amazing. How about behavioral health? People that they're having trouble coping, particularly young people. Are you seeing that? There's a lot of co-occurring um, issues, and mental health plays a pretty big role in how people cope with challenges and struggles in day-to-day -day life. And, and we certainly see it here. I mean, we also have are very fortunate to have lots of places um, that we can call for supports, but there are waiting lists, and sometimes now is what you need. Yeah, particularly when, for example, in addiction, if somebody's ready to ask for help, that's when they really need it. Three weeks yeah. later, maybe too late. Well, listen, I, I, Mary and I have a great affection for Biddeford. We have a son who graduated from UNE. So uh, I spent a lot of time going back and forth uh, from uh, Brunswick to Biddeford. And, and uh, UNE has become a really important institution down there. They are. And they partner with us as well. Um, UNE raised a toys for our holiday market. They will do a teddy bear toss at the end of January, and we will reap the benefits of that. We run primarily on volunteers. Uh, we do about 4,000 volunteer hours a year, and a significant portion of that come from UNE students. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And, you know, the theme today is volunteers. I mean, these agencies couldn't, and I say agencies, you're not a government agency, but your organization, I'm sure you couldn't do it without volunteers. We could not do it without volunteers. Our budget wouldn't support the amount of employees it would take to do this work. We are very fortunate that our volunteers, and most of them are long-term, they may have, they may start because they had to take a class, 
but it typically they stay and we get them uh, for a couple of years and then they'll move on to wherever's next in their lives and we'll get another round of them. Well, Vassie, I, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what Seeds of Hope does. It's uh, it's tough work, but it's so important. And you're, you're making a difference in people's lives on a day-to-day -day basis. So uh, thanks a lot. Uh, watch Bonnie for me, will you? And, and uh, be sure she's up to snuff. After. I will. Thank you so much <laughs> for this opportunity. And the next time you're in Biddeford, I would love to have you and take you on a tour of Seeds of Hope. As I like to say to my staff and my volunteers and my neighbors, you make the difference. So I appreciate your hard work. Thanks, Vassy. Great to talk to you. I'll take you up on that. I'll see you the next time I'm down that way. Perfect. Thank uh, you so much. Thanks for being with us on uh, Inside Bain. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about veterans' issues and what's going on in that community, which is one of the most important parts of our main community and among our neighbors. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Inside Maine. Today we're talking about caring. We're talking about community. We're talking about looking after one another and looking after particularly those who are having uh, hitting a hard patch or having some uh, difficulties in their lives. At the, at the holiday season, it's something that we want to think about. As we enter the winter, of course, it's something that we want to think about. But year-round, we're talking to organizations that are making a difference in individual people's lives across Maine. And in that uh, group is David Patch, who works with a number of veterans organizations around the state. And uh, David, you're, uh, you're a retired a Navy commander, your American Legion post commander, post 36, Veterans Resource Center, Mid, Mid Coast Veterans Council, uh, Honor Flight Maine. Tell me about the work that you're doing. I guess maybe start with uh, the importance that the veterans community is in Maine. Well, thank you uh, for the opportunity to talk to you about the, the veteran issue and some of the other nonprofits that we have in Maine that we require volunteers as we were talking about. Maine has a huge population of veterans. I think we're up in the top two or three uh, per capita of veterans in the state. But we're also really blessed on having a community that really cares for our veterans, both from the state level, the federal level, the various different nonprofit organizations. There are a number of programs that are uh, available to support veterans. I'm hearing a constant theme through the other discussions today about navigating all of these agencies. And I think one of the problems that we have is that uh, the federal government and the state government does a great job in funding different agencies to provide help for, for veterans. The problem is oftentimes that they're, they're stovepiped and the different agencies don't realize what the other agencies are doing. They don't understand or don't know what the resources are available. The resources change depending on what their contracts are. So there's a, another need oftentimes where you've got to follow the different regulations that come along with the grants that the different programs have. So one of the organizations that we started a few years ago is something called Maine Veterans in Need. And I kind of look at Maine Veterans in Need as being an organization that fills the gap. When one of the problems is if you are 
funded to provide support for veterans, a veteran has to prove he's a veteran. So he's got to have his honorable discharge paper, what we call the DD-214. A person who just becomes homeless and is on the street probably isn't walking around with his DD-214 in his pocket. And then oftentimes a veteran will get into distress at night or on the weekend or on a holiday and there's nobody to talk to. So uh, main veterans in need, we don't take federal money. We don't take state money. It's strictly uh, donated money from the community so that we don't have those rules to follow. If a veteran says that he's a veteran, most of us are veterans, we all are veterans, and we, we can pretty well tell if a veteran is in fact a veteran and provide what may be needed on the spot. And if we make a mistake and he's not a veteran, well, we help somebody that needed it anyway. But that need that we're talking about oftentimes is uh, just to get into a hotel, just to get off the street. There are programs that take care of that, but they're not there to talk to on a Friday night or on a weekend. So we can fill that gap. Oftentimes there's a case where they have a car, but with the price of gas, they just can't put fuel in the tank to get to their medical appointments or where they need to go. So we can provide that funding or food funding. Probably the single biggest thing we help with is aligning them with the different agencies that have the support they need. As I said, the state has a tremendous amount of agencies that are funded to help. It's just the fact that they're not coordinated. I think recently I went to a homeless meeting down in Portland and actually Tig Morse went to that as well. And the theme out of that meeting was we're not coordinated. Uh, so it's it's not, not, not recognized. It is recognized that that's, that's a big problem. It's as you pointed out so far, all three of our conversations have pointed to the importance of navigators, of connectors of the dots, because there are resources available, but often people either don't know about them at all or don't know how to do the paperwork that's necessary to get there. So if you're doing that, I think that's one of the most important functions uh, of an organization like those that you work with. That Maine Veterans in Need is really made up of those organizations too. So we try to meet uh, on a monthly basis and talk about these different problems. And uh, I think what we're doing today, uh, we were communicating about the need to have a, a, a group get together to try to solve these problems. There's a group called the, the Maine Homeless Veteran Coordinating Network. Uh, most of the agencies involved are part of that. So I think there's an initiative now that recognizes that this is a, a problem that we need to get together to try to solve, and it's not going to be solved overnight. Well, one of the things I'm trying to work on down here, based upon lots of conversations with veterans and veterans advocates in Maine, is pushing the, the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, to do a better job with the transition from active duty to veteran status. They spend a lot of money and time recruiting people, but they don't spend as much money and time helping people make that transition, which is often where uh, some of the problems we've, we've found statistically veteran suicide is, is, is uh, disproportionately high in the first two or three years after separation. Is, is that, am I on the right track? Is that something I should keep working on? Yeah, you definitely are, uh, Senator, and, and I do see that that is improving, and it depends on where they're discharged from. Some of the uh, 
transition uh, places do a better job than others. One of the things they've done fairly well now is that before they're actually discharged, they're communicating with the VA so they understand uh, what the VA resources are. But oftentimes, when a, uh, a military person is ready to be discharged, all he thinks about is going home. And oftentimes, they just don't listen. They're being told what's available, but they just they just want to get home. Well, one of one of the ideas I've heard is that to have the veteran or to have the, the active duty person who's about to be discharged sign a waiver or give permission or something to give his contact information to the Legion or the or VFW or some a veterans organization so he can have somebody to reach out to him or her when they leave, a kind of buddy system. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. So we end up with the American Legion and the VFW, and we tried to work with our towns, actually, to see what veterans that we have that are, uh, or military people that are, are coming back, that a lot of that is privacy issues and are reluctant right. to do that. But if they do file for their property relief, that's public. So uh, there are methods, but you're absolutely right. If there is a way for that to be provided to the various service organizations, uh, it would be a big help. That's something I'm I'm trying to work with the, the Pentagon on. Uh, by a happy coincidence, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, so at <laughs> least they return my phone calls over there. Uh, so I'm going to keep working at that one. Tell me about the official, about TOGAS. Uh, how are things working? The, in my sense is uh, veterans feel pretty good about the service they get at TOGAS. I would tell you that 99 percent of the people that are using TOGAS uh, love the health care that's there. I'm retired military. I'm fortunate to be able to have my health care through TRICARE on the private sector and the VA. I didn't even know I was eligible for the VA until I turned 70 10 years ago. And uh, now I get all my health care for the most part through the VA because I like it so much. The, the uh, attitude of the people there is terrific. They really are there to to do the best they can for the veterans. And it's not just the healthcare side. As you know, there's a benefit side, healthcare side. And on the benefit side, they are really given the benefit of the doubt in most cases to, to the veterans. And that really is important because uh, oftentimes the, there's this feeling that a veteran will have that nobody cares. And if they're feeling uh, that they have some medical issues that, that came out of their military service, you can talk to the VA about it and they sincerely try to figure out what that could could be. And of course, on the healthcare side, um, I guess if there was an issue, the VA healthcare doesn't talk to the VA benefit. We just passed the uh, burn pit bill, uh, as you know, that's a big deal for veterans, uh, particularly over the last 25 years or so, uh, for veterans that have been uh, whose health has been compromised by being close to these uh, burn pits where they burned everything and and it turned out to be pretty toxic. I'm hopeful that's going to be helpful to some folks in Maine. Oh, a lot of that is, I mean, there's uh, uh, there's so much, so much involved in the PACT Act that it covers everything from the Agent Orange issues and expanding the various uh, uh, countries that that had exposure there, they've added more presumptives to the various illnesses and whatnot. It's been such a big deal that it's opened the doors for lawyers. And so one of the cautions that 
that the VA has done and, and we do in the veteran community is make sure that you can apply for your benefits through the uh, for the PACT Act through the various service organizations, the state and the VA do not go to uh, these lawyers that are charging uh, inappropriately. There are a few firms that have been vetted by the VA uh, if there needs to uh, go that route. But for the most part, it's very cut and dried, very uh, specific, and there's no need to, to uh, get anybody else involved. You and I could talk about these things all day. I, I just want to say the Veterans of America owe a big debt to a guy named John Tester, who was the is the chair of the Veterans Committee, Senator from Montana. He lived and died with that bill and really was the prime mover uh, making it happen. It was a bipartisan bill, and uh, I'm very proud that we, we finally got that done. David Patch, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for all the outreach to veterans. Keep in touch with, with me, with Teague Morris, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you uh, in the in the neighborhood uh, when I'm up there. So again, thank you. It's a holiday spirit, but it's a year-round spirit. And the work you're doing is is so important for the veteran community in Maine. Thanks for staying with us, and we're going to be back in just a minute, going from mid coast up to Arista County, talking about Maine people caring and taking care of one another. Welcome back to Inside Maine. We're going to be talking now with a friend in Arista County. Duncan, Sarah is the executive director of United Way of Arista, which is another agency that seems to be the theme today of making connections, working with other community resources to help people throughout the area where they serve. And Arista is a wonderful, vibrant part of our state. And uh, Sarah, tell me about United Way. And I presume you're in Presque Isle and watch out for Sharon Campbell when you're up there. But uh, let's hear what uh, United Way is up to uh, in this holiday season. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I love Sharon. She is absolutely wonderful. So the United Way of Aroostook works to mobilize resources to improve the lives of people in Aroostook County. We're striving to break the cycle of poverty that has such a stronghold on so many of our communities, and we want to create stronger communities. So we really focus on education, financial stability, and the health of the people because those are really the essential things for living well. We're constantly monitoring how our communities are doing and working with partners, or if we need to, we have to create new programs to solve some of these problems. Uh, currently, we fund over 20 programs and organizations, and through that, we're able to reach one in, in every two people that live in Aroostook County. Wow. So we, yeah, we have a really great reach, and I'm really excited about the work that we do and the partnerships that we have. We've had a really busy November and December. We're talking about giving. Um, we just had our turkey drive that raised $20,000 for Rustic County food pantries, and as well as our heating telethon. And we really, this is, I believe, the fifth year of our heating telethon, and I really thought, People are struggling. People don't have the money to give. Uh, the most we'd ever raised was $80,000, but this year we raised $105,000. Well, um, 
all in one day and it was absolutely incredible. Um, so it's going to help so many because heating is a huge crisis right now. It's cold. It snowed last night and, um, the calls we get and the partners that field those calls, it's, it's astounding the amount of people that are running out of fuel already. Um, so it's going to be a very long winter for a lot of people and a lot of our partners, um, are really concerned about that. Um, and then we have our Santa sleigh project, um, and I am Santa's head elf. I convinced a little boy in Walmart yesterday. So, so was, wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah. on this program, we've had Mrs. Claus and one of Santa's elves. Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe we can put a, put a white beard on David Patch and, and, uh, you know, complete <laughs> this, Santa. this deal. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been shopping for 700 kids and those will gifts will be picked up um, by towns. We work with towns and schools um, and the Prescott Kiwanis Club um, tomorrow and those will be distributed to families in need. So. so do you do any of the sort of navigating for people connecting the dots that we've been talking about? Um, we don't do navigating. Um, we are really just the fundraiser for the organizations. Um, we provide a lot of funding for general operations <laughs> for um, our partners um, so that they are available and can run their programs so that they can help the people. Yeah. We work really closely with ACAP and they do a lot of the navigating. Right. So a ACAP is, is Aristic uh, Community Action. And mm -hmm. they're you're you're the fundraising side, and then they're funded by a variety of sources, including federal funds, and they do that kind of direct, uh, hands-on outreach. You're you're the uh, you're the godfather of this operation. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one that begs for the money from all over. So. And 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 how is that going? I'm I'm interested. Is is it our are people responsive to United Way? Because there's so many different places now asking for your money. Is your fundraising holding up year to year? It is, actually. We are finding that we're losing some of the younger donors. We're not able to reach them. Um, and as our older donors are retiring, um, we're losing some donors, but we're we're gaining it through in other ways through events like their, our turkey drive or our telethons that we have. So we're able to maintain our fundraising, but just in a different way. It does make it hard for our own general fund and operating expenses, but uh, we're still able to give just as much back to the community. And you said you you work with a variety of agencies and your, your grants touch one in two families in Arista County. That's, that's amazing. Uh, give me some examples of some of the, some of the uh, work that are done by the grantees. Yeah. So we, uh, we help fund Catholic charities, Arista County Action Program, their WIC program, the homeless services of Aroostook, um, Adopt-A-Block Aroostook. Uh, there's quite a few, but then we also have our own programs that we help fund, um, like our tax program. In February, we'll start doing free tax preparation for Aroostook County residents, and we will do probably over a thousand 
tax returns last year, we brought $1.2 million back to Aroostook County. Well, hopefully one thing you'll, you'll notice this year or certainly next year is we've provided additional funds to the IRS in part so they'll have people there to answer the phones. Uh, to provide service to taxpayers, uh, as I'm sure you know, in in recent years, it's been pretty tough to get through to them. So that's been one of my missions: is to improve their ability to 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 respond and and serve folks like you who are helping others with their tax returns. Yes, no, we are so appreciative of um, the federal money that we get for that program. Um, it makes us able to have this program, and it makes such a huge difference to the people in Aroostook County. Now, how about are there? Uh, do you fund uh, feeding uh, programs, uh, kitchens, soup kitchens, that kind of thing? Uh, we do direct support to the pantries, um, and we also manage the emergency food and shelter program money that we're very thankful for. And a lot of that money goes to um, Catholic charities to purchase foods, and the Catholic charities in Ursic County distributes all the food to their food pantries. And I presume this time of year there's quite a demand, sadly. There is a huge demand. Um, we're seeing a huge food insecurity issue as well as homelessness has become a huge issue and heating is just it's it's going to be a an, a hard winter for so many families you know sitting here listening to people from washington county york county midcoast and aroostook and to hear the similarities of the issues housing is coming through homelessness energy costs, it's, uh, we've got some serious work to do. We do. Um, we have a, are a lot of friends, family and neighbors that we need to take care of. And we are trying our best to come together and solve these problems, but it's going to take funding as well to be able to solve those. And, and housing, I take it is an issue in, in Aroostook and Presque Isle? Yes, there is a, a big housing shortage in Aroostook County. Um, it's something we're working on. We've, for the past several years, homelessness is getting worse. It's at a point that I've, I never imagined Aroostook County would be. Um, and we're seeing, we've had a Aroostook County stakeholders group that has been working um, for three years on this issue, but Housing is what's blocking us. Um, we don't have enough room. We don't have enough big enough homeless shelter, um, and we can't find places for these people. How about behavioral health, mental health treatment options? That's a that's a problem generally throughout Maine, particularly in more rural areas. Uh, yes, um, it's actually um, pretty scary. The the numbers of depressed teenagers in Aroostook County, what uh, the statistics are showing, we have a serious mental health problem and we have very limited resources, especially for youth. Well, you're not exactly making me feel better, but you are giving <laughs> me plenty of work to do. And what you're talking about with mental health, with housing, uh, Healthcare access. I think healthcare access may be a bright spot. The Affordable Care Act. More and more people are signing up. It's been the premium supports are are improving. 
so that may be a bright spot, but uh, having insurance coverage doesn't do you any good if there are no providers. So we still have to work particularly on the mental health side. Well, Sarah, uh, thanks very much for what you're doing in, in Arista County. And uh, this time of year, everybody thinks about giving and the United Way is always a good place to, to park your money. Uh, and what you do, I think, is so important, and the the community work is is just it's just amazing. So I want to thank all of our guests today, and all of those hundreds and thousands of volunteers that work with the folks we've been talking to today to make these programs work on behalf of their friends and neighbors across Maine. This has been sobering, but also inspiring to see the amount of work that's being done, the progress that's being made, and uh, the fact that we've got so many good people uh, doing this work across the state. And today was literally uh, north and south and across the state. Uh, great work uh, to all of you. And thank you again on behalf of all the people of Maine for what you're doing for all of our friends and neighbors. And thank you for joining us on Inside Maine. This is Angus King. It's fun to be with you and have you uh, join us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you around when I'm up in the state. And uh, hopefully that will be uh, sometime between now and Christmas. And uh, we will see you uh, next month on Inside Maine. Thanks again to all our guests.